The pit wants what it wants. Don't you think I'm psycho, Mama? You can pour me a cup If you think I'm psycho, Mama Better let them lock me up Hello, I'm Craig. And I'm Adam. And we're the Holler Kings, the one and only. It's true. We're here today to talk about Jug face. <laughs> the pit has spoken. It is an honor to be chosen to be with it in this world. You know that. But without the blood, the waters, the pit would heal no one. It's white. Tell us about Jug Face, Adam. This was oh. this was a, a movie that you brought to me. I, yeah. I brought our last movie, Deliverance, uh-huh. to you. Yeah. This was our cultural exchange. Okay. Yeah. Um, this is about a young girl, woman, a young teenager. Lady. Yeah, I'd yeah. say so. Yeah. Um, who lives in a really odd backwoods sort of community. Uh, mm-hmm. Almost like a cult type thing, it seems. Hmm. Kinda. Not really. I wouldn't say cult like, but there's definitely. It's really. I don't. Hold I don't on, know no. how you would kind of explain you're, this. You're going to say they're not a cult? They, they worship a hole in the ground. But. Okay. Well, let's. Fuck, <laughs> fuck a synopsis. <laughs> let's get into this movie. What, what, what brought you to Jug Face? What, um, what, what made you I suggest it for the podcast? Saw it. <laughs> I looked up Southern horror movies and it popped up, and I said, "Hey, maybe this." Well, and, and I dug a little deeper, and and uh, it's literally shot in Tennessee, so yes. I thought that was a good, yeah. uh, you know, reason to cover it for the podcast. And it's directed, written, and directed by a Mr. Chad Crawford. Cro- Chad Crawford. <laughs> Kinkle. Kinkle. Hi, did you did you watch it for the first time for the podcast? Yes. Yeah, yeah I'd never seen it before. Uh, me me it too. Was, it was one of those movies I I've heard about it, you know, since it came out. I've seen like the cover yeah. that they always have with the girl and her eyes white, and I'm just like, I was just always like, eh, I might watch it sometime. And then since you know starting this, I was like, well, you know, it's a movie it has southern roots to it, so yeah. it might, might be perfect. Let's it's, watch it. It's uh, definitely a unique title, too. I think the Jug Face definitely yeah. hooked me a little bit, yeah. where it kind of jumped out of the list that you showed me. And, and this is Unshuttered. We already mentioned that. It is, it's it's on uh, Shutter. if you want to... I think we mentioned it in the previous right. episode. Yeah, I think we did, yeah. Um, At the end, talking about yeah that we were going to do it. Yeah, yeah, you did mention it. Very, very easy access. You don't have to do anything special to, to watch this one if you want to get up to speed. It's also uh, mercifully short. It's only 80 minutes or yeah. so, so it's it's a quick watch. But yeah, give us... Let's, it's, let's it's, try to do a little plot synopsis. I, you, you kind of... You yeah, started... It's about a young girl um, who lives in this sort of out, outskirts of town community, sort of cult-like, who... <laughs> Basically, shit's about to hit the fan. I guess we the she finds it, it. It's hard to you have to get into a lot of it to kind of let's let's go from there. Shit's it's a coming of age story and with a girl in her backwoods cult. This is the IMDb synopsis. Okay. It's pretty good. Oh, it, well, actually, it's not that good because it sounds kind of weird here. Um, it says when she learns 
Okay, we'll, we'll just say, when a young teenager learns supernatural pit worshipped by her remote community in the woods has demanded her as a blood sacrifice, she struggles to find a way to survive while the pit lashes out in anger. <laughs> I mean, that's good, but yeah, it, gave, it gives away so much of the <laughs> I'll, movie. I'll, I'll cut it. I'll cut it. No, no, um, no. No, I'm just saying as far as, I was trying to kind of just explain it in a way that's kind of... A little vague. I, well, actually, we'll, I will cut what I said then. Um, you should not cut oh, it. Whew, I mean, this is a pickle. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yes. what'd you think of it? I mean... This, you, so this was your first time watching it. It was well. my first time watching it. Um, I enjoyed a lot of it. I do think a lot of the storytelling was really well done, and the acting is really well done and naturalistic. The, the biggest problem I had with it, and this is maybe unfair because this is like modern filmmaking, is wall-to-wall music. I mean, it, it bugged me in a movie that is supposed to be about tension and... Uh, you know, these character relationships and stuff. I felt like the music was so oversaturated and overdone that it took me out sometimes. I will say in all fairness, the music's really good. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's really well done music and sometimes it's used really effectively, but it's so, uns- like there's so many moments or there's rather there's no moments that breathe and this let you be in the movie because there's just always this driving force of music behind it. But overall, I, I, I did, you know, I enjoyed it and I enjoyed how um, how little they explained about mm-hmm. this culture. Like this little mini subculture that lives in the woods that has this like own um, kind of little religion that seems to be based on like folklore or something. It's, it's, it, it's never explained how they came upon, you know, how they go about figuring out who the sacrifice is or whatever. Um, yeah, I, I will say... That overall, I like the movie. Yeah. I have notes, so okay. Yeah, um, it yeah, it was. I do agree with like as far as without getting too much into like the negative just yet. I did, I did like a lot of immediately cutting it, cutting it on because I I had no expectations going into this movie. I did get excited because uh, you had Lucky McKee as a executive producer. Yeah, yeah. You had uh, Sean Young. In the movie, you had... Um, Sean Young is a Southerner, by the way. I never knew this she, until really? I, I looked her up. She was born in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then it had Larry Fessenden in it, yeah. who I love. So I immediately got excited. I was like, oh, okay, this is this sounds like this might be pretty good. And going, in, going into it, uh, I did like the fact that it kind of just starts in the middle of it. It's just like... Here's the story, you know. You'll figure out whatever you need to figure out, but the rest, don't worry about it. Yeah, because it doesn't go into any backstory. It's not any convoluted like, this is how it happened, and you know all the. You know, it's just like, well, here's how. It's almost how you're born into life, and just whatever sort of you're surrounded by, that's your surroundings. That's a great comparison, and, and maybe what they were going for, because I do think a lesser movie there would be a sequence where the town elder explains to someone how they came across this hole and how they figured out the properties that it has, you know, how they discovered uh, how to predict prophecies. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. would fill in all these gaps with dialogue, like a Marvel movie or something. And uh, this, this chooses not to probably for the specific reasons you said that so many of us are born into a culture or religion and don't really question it until much later in life. 
our lead character does sort of start to, I guess, kind of question in a way. She really only starts to question because it's like, hey, you're next up on the chopping block. She's like, hold on. <laughs> Is this shit real? I mean, that's kind of how it works sometimes. So, uh, And how, how do people know? So this community worships... The pit. A literal pit. Literal pit. Is a pretty modest hole in the ground with water in it, like muddy water in it. Yeah. Um, It doesn't look supernatural or or special. It looks like someone abandoned a well or something like that. Um, So it was a very unassuming, which I liked, by the way. I thought that was kind of cool that it looked very ordinary. So uh, very simple, which I think ties well to like Southern Roots. It's just like, it's a fucking pit. Yeah. That's it. And it's cool that since this is a lower budget movie, they had to go that route. Because yeah. again, a higher budget movie, they might do like a crazy CGI, right. uh, you know, like this huge chasm or something. And, yeah. you know, the, the, the namesake of the movie is uh, basically a local, I guess, folk artist, for lack of a better term. Like a, one of the, the townspeople yeah. will literally do pottery. The pit chooses who yeah. it wants to basically uh i guess create through because the character that does the pottery that creates the uh jug faces mm-hmm. says that he he doesn't remember anything he just wakes up and there's a new jug and that's in short uh whoever <laughs> whoever's face is on the jug gets sacrificed for the pit right and 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 he claims this artist claims that the pit just supernaturally basically possesses him and he makes this pottery and doesn't have any, any memory of, uh, you know, who the face is right. on it. or So there's no deliberate choosing on his part. It's all supposedly from the pit. Um, and yes, our hero, uh, Ada, is that how you say her name? Yeah, I Ada. Ada. Ada, the young teenager, she is uh, out in the woods uh, having some good times with her brother. Yeah, really getting southern with yeah. it, I guess. Yeah, well, yeah. It, it, and I think it's... <laughs> In the beginning, you know, they're they're having sex or whatever, and it's very young people type sex, <laughs> where he kind of goads her into it and everything, yeah. and she relents, and uh, we don't even know that they're siblings until a little no. ways into it, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a little bit later where he I can't even remember how it comes about, but yeah, it I think it's like revealed because it, again, it, getting into they really go like. It, it's hard to tell when this movie takes place because as she comes home after having sex with her brother, she finds out she's about to be married off to some guy who's made a deal with her father. And it's a little bit later after that, I think at dinner when you find out that the person she was having sex with is her brother. And right. he's not too happy about her being married off. But it, it does, it goes back into like a really outdated way of living life where... There's arranged marriages and all this. Yeah. I forgot the point I was trying to well, make. Well, no, but... I, I was getting to, uh, you know, when they're outside, because they're having sex in the woods, by the way. It's just randomly in the woods. Um, eventually, Ada uh, stumbles across a jug that apparently has her face on it. Um, she she gets it out of the, like, I guess the makeshift kiln. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what possesses her to look in it. Maybe I don't know if there was some dialogue between what was the the jug face maker guy. Yeah. Um, she she it's really it is this odd little community that's kind of sticks together. Like they'll have 
they'll have dinner together at times and stuff. Mm. Like she, she's made to go um, fetch everybody and tell them that dinner is going to be ready at this time and all that, so everybody can come together and eat. And yeah, she when she goes to Jug Face Maker Guy, mm-hmm. um, she let's, is, let's just call him the artist. The artist. artist. Okay, we'll go with that. I like yeah. mine better, but it's longer. <laughs> no, so no, okay. no, Jug Face Maker Guy. No, 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 <laughs> no. no I, I insist, Jug, <laughs> no. jug Face Maker. The guy. the artist. Uh, when she goes to tell him, she she does. She looks in the his little kiln. Um, I guess you would call it. That's what it is, but it's not like anything professional. It's just something made from scrap parts. She finds the jug that has her face on mm-hmm. it and quickly disposes of it and pretends yeah. it doesn't happen. <laughs> and that leads to a series of misfortunes because the pit is not pleased. No, it's um, not going to have that shit. Yeah. And uh, it kind of spirals this little tight-knit community out of control. It's hard to... I, I, I did just like the overall tone and kind of... Because it's hard to say you really liked it because there's not... As far as... I mean, the way they live is awful and frustrating. And, right. Um, I mean, there's some really uncomfortable moments in it that are just just like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? But over just an overall... In the story and the depth it has of just getting into this... Um, I guess it's all in, I don't know, is, is it an allegory for just religion in general or what? Uh, but just the the whole tone of how they play the story out, I thought was really well mm-hmm. well done and broke more than just, you know, the surface of, you know, some backwoods community. It, it had more layers to it yeah. with uh, those overtones or allegories of religion. And growing up here in the South, you know, you get a lot of that. So. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's it's no way to overstate it. We have a church on every block, pretty much. Yeah. So, yeah, I, you know, I thought all the performances were pretty authentic uh, and seemed real to me. Um, and the, the actor that you noted early, the Larry... Fessenden? Yeah. yeah. Tell, tell me a little bit about him, because I recognized him, but I don't know much about him, I guess. Um, he's... He's a filmmaker, actor. Uh, he runs a production company, Glass Eye Picks. He he's spearheaded people like Ty West mm-hmm. and Glenn McQuaid, and uh, you know he, he's kind of. I would say, I think he's based out of New York. I believe, sort of well, like. Yeah, I, lo- I looked him up because I thought he did a great job playing a Southerner, and yeah, he's literally from New York City. Yeah, yeah, yeah but and he's acting in a whole lot of movies and directed some really great ones like Wendigo and mm. Habit, uh, The Last Winter. So um, he's done a he's done a lot of really fantastic movies. Yeah, and, and then, he's the father. Yes, of, uh, yeah. in this movie, he's Ada, like the patriarch Ada's of a family. Father. Yeah, and yeah. I, oddly enough. I, I I really loved his performance because he could have very easily just been like the backwoods abusive father, you mm-hmm. know, piece of shit. And even though he lives in a very fucked up, you know, has a very fucked up way of life and looking at things because of this pit. But you, you do get nuances of him, like actually genuinely loving his daughter and you know, caring for his family. No, I, I agree. I, I think that's a great point because Sean Young as well seems like she's going to be this like over the top abusive mom in the beginning. But I think as the, the story moves, you kind of see that within the confines of a culture they were brought up in, they're actually not that bad. I yeah. mean, it's just kind of like what they've been brought up to believe and what they're 
uh, very stringent. I mean, they're adhered to this whole, mm-hmm. you know, that supernatural right. being that's kind of like overseeing their lives. Which, by the way, I don't feel like it's ever up in the air if it's real or not. I think pretty early on we realized that there's it's, something to it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's legitimate. Yeah, it's not like all these people are delusional or whatever. There is some kind of supernatural force in this pit, and it does subjugate these people and manipulate their lives and everything. Yeah, because so, like you were talking about with Sean Young, there are some parts where she gets she can she's. Basically, a yeah. piece of shit. Yeah, right. she she gets pretty, she gets violent at some points, but I mean, when you look at the pit stuff, is true in in their world. Not not saying it's okay, but you could see someone being desperate to make sure everything goes sure. like it's supposed to go. But but you know, as the, the story unfolds, it kind of gives us a couple of mentions of maybe other ways that it's gone wrong and how it affected this family specifically. So I, I would think that, that, you know, they would be very on guard for something upsetting the pit. So it kind of gives you a more sympathetic eye at the, the, the parents and some of their behavior and everything. You know, we were talking about that allegory of, like what did you have any ideas of like what all this meant or was it just in general just an allegory for religion did you have any thoughts of that or was it you know just letting this story play out and kind of i try not to bring too much of myself to it and just watch it just as a movie and um because honestly i felt really guilty in retrospect how hard i was on tennessee gothic our first episode uh-huh. because i didn't i don't feel like i gave it a sliding scale that was fair right because it was a micro budget uh, you know indie movie yeah and i was treating it like it was a big budget hollywood movie and i should have maybe reined it in just a little bit so i went into this one kind of feeling like okay i'm going to be a lot more open-minded and like where normally i would give something three strikes i'm giving this one six you mm-hmm. know what i mean like i'm kind of being a little i didn't really need to though because i thought i thought i mean i found myself like appreciating the acting appreciating how no one was going for southern caricatures i I liked the use of setting i thought the woods and everything seemed very uh, like not glamorous woods if that makes sense yeah like they weren't yeah. like hollywood eyes yeah this wasn't like a national forest this yeah. was just you know someone's backyard backyard being you know more than just, you know, you're a sur- suburban backyard, but yeah, just like someone's backyard lived and, in. And when they went into, when they went into town, I thought it was really cool too. Cause it looked very much like places I'm familiar with right. in middle Tennessee. Yeah. Um, you, you know, there's a sequence where Ada, uh, goes to like a, kind of like a drugstore type place uh-huh. and steals a pregnancy test. And I, th- I thought it was a really cool looking shop. They did a great job, I thought, mm-hmm. with you know production design, like really simple, straightforward production design. Because again, I think the impulse of a more Hollywoodized version would be like full tilt, like let's make this like you know a Cracker Barrel on the inside. Yeah, you know what I mean. Just look at yeah. ridiculously southern, and I kind of like that it was you know streamlined and kind of realistic. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciated it. Yeah, I did. I I did like that about it. Um, I I like. I like how everything, a lot of it was, apart from the pit being real, that's real, but like we never get into how how all this came about. We don't get into when it takes place because I was trying to nail down like. I couldn't figure okay, it out either. 
they're living the way they're living is pretty ridiculous here. Like when it just takes place in like 1902, <laughs> but uh, it's pregnancy test. So it's yeah, obviously pregnancy test. They're driving modern. like they're driving not modern truck. I mean, it look at the very least, it had to take place. I would say in the 50s or 60s at the latest. I don't think they had pregnancy tests. Yeah, they like may that not back have. Then. I, I honestly 90s thought 90s maybe. I don't know. I, I didn't really yeah. nail it down, but. I almost feel like it could have been, I almost feel like it could have been modern times. It's just like such a tight knit group. Like the village? Yeah. They're just kind of like, they're not worried about the outside world. Yeah. They're kind of isolating themselves from pop culture mm-hmm. and, and phone, you know, like the internet and stuff like that. That's kind of how I took it. Yeah. Maybe that, cause you, you got to wonder why don't they just leave? Yeah. Like the, just leave from where the pit is. But, but maybe that's one of those things like. You just really, one, it's part of something that happens a lot where you just, a lot of, you know, some people are like, no, I'm getting out of my hometown. Some, a lot of people are just like, it's what I know. This is what I'm doing. Sure. So maybe it's something like that, or maybe there is like a supernatural element that's never explained where you can't, because like Ada tries to leave, but she, I mean, the way she gets brought back is pretty easy, but maybe still, maybe she wasn't meant to leave. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean... Like one of the things I liked about this movie was how small it felt. Like, like it's, like it's a little movie, and and I, I appreciated that. Like, like it's a small cast. Like even in the scenes where it's supposed to be the whole community together, it's not really that many people. Yeah, uh, they, they didn't, they didn't try to. They worked within what the confines of what they had as far as budget and yeah. script and all that goes. They were like, you know, they kept it isolated, which is the best way, you know, to do it. They didn't try to make something bigger than what they could do. You know, talk about criticisms. Uh, oh, you know, we can get into that. Yeah, I was about to say, like, uh, the music, I, I know that that's a personal preference, so I don't I don't really feel like that's a true criticism as so much as just a Craigism. Um, but something that I don't feel like worked very well was, uh, you know, there's kind of an almost like an undead being that uh, appears yeah. to Ada at certain points to kind of inform her of things. For one thing, I didn't like the appearance of the the spirit because it looked very silly to me, and uh, it looked very trying to. I don't know. It felt like they were trying to rip off the devil's backbone or something. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and like it was a little CGI heavy in yeah. certain parts yeah. where they were trying to go for, you know, people are having visions or it's some supernatural force. But I I almost think they could have gone naturalistic and small. And it would have spoke volumes versus like, let's get after effects in here and, you know, spice it up or whatever. It's almost kind of like they didn't trust the audience to go with it. So they needed to like give us something big every five or 10 minutes, you know, something that kind of dazzled people. But it honestly, every time it happened, it took me out of the movie. I didn't like the way the character spoke. It had like kind of an effect Mm -hmm. going over it that just didn't seem to fit the tone of the movie because it was otherwise very naturalistic. And I think that, again, it could have benefited from that, um, kind of leaning into that uh, as opposed to making it glossy and Hollywoodized in those moments. Um, what were some other criticisms? It sounded like you had a can of worms to open. Well, I'd say, like, that, I don't know if it's can, I might have over-exaggerated. But yeah, I would like, those scenes right there where she would have those visions... Um, were so abrasive and just unnecessary in the way they were. One, like you were saying with the mute, every time that happened, I had to cut it down, the TV down because yeah. they just cranked it all up to 11. And it just, I don't, 
again, like you said, it just it would take you out of it. I don't know how they would have done it otherwise. I don't know, but it just none of those scenes worked well for me at all. Um, anytime she had a vision and it was like flash into someone being killed or whatnot, yeah. it, none of it worked for me. It, it took me out every single time it happened. I will say this is unfair uh, again, but comparing it to Southern Gothic, one of the problems I have is uh, Tennessee Gothic, excuse me. Tennessee Gothic is it had wall to wall music in terms of uh, she was sitting in the corner I was looking <laughs> at her mom we were going to the prom blah, da, 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 ha, ha. like that stuff yeah. all through the movie you know yeah and that that stuff is great used you know here and there but it was just I think they they're like we have some good music so let's just put it every sequence we can possibly throw this in we'll throw it in right. Um, I did appreciate that this didn't go there. Like, even though this is set in Tennessee or set in a Southern area, it's ambiguous, but I knew it was Tennessee. They didn't go there. They didn't have, you know, some like cliche songs in the background and everything. I did appreciate that they tried to do it more, a little more traditional. I just, I feel like a couple of steps are missing and this, this really could have been a special movie with just a little bit more of alchemy a little bit off. Right. It's a little frustrating to watch sometimes, you know, cause, cause I could tell there was like real intent here. Like, I don't think these people made a cynical movie at all. I yeah. think they were trying to make a very authentic Southern, uh, horror movie. And I, I think that's what kind of makes those moments and those scenes and kind of so frustrating is because other than those scenes, you did have a really, what I found was a really good movie and I mean, I, I don't want to harp on it too much. I know mm-hmm. this was the guy's first movie that he wrote and directed, so I'm not. I don't want to exactly shit on it because I did like the movie overall, but it did make those scenes kind of stick out more because the other stuff was a lot better and executed well. So those scenes kind of was just like uh, it. Well, they stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah, you're right. I mean, because. Again, I actually think the direction is really well done in terms of the performances because I think the cast is all like really, it's almost like documentary style sometimes. I, I yeah. think they feel, feel very grounded and real, like all these characters and how they interact with each other. Even like, uh, you know, the interactions between, you know, this brother and sister that have an incestuous relationship, I think it was done really well. I mean, right. like, like the, the acting is... Like if I felt like a fly on the wall sometimes. I thought it was really well done. So that's why, yeah, when, when this supernatural being jumps into it and starts speaking and, you know, there's like computer animation around them and yeah. everything, it's just kind of, it's kind of like, ah, like, why'd they have to do this? You know, like it felt like someone pushed them into it almost, <laughs> you know, that they, they felt like they needed to, I feel like you know, ju- just like with those other scenes where she has the visions, they could have simplified that down so much more and it would have right. been, I'd hundred percent more effective mm-hmm. in uh the outcome it, it did it just threw everything off and because i i mean it doesn't add a whole lot to the movie the scenes with the i guess like ghost creature thing whatever it is yeah. whatever he is right um i mean it does offer some little explanation for things but yeah it could have just been handled in a different way that i think would have played out a lot better one thing uh i may have missed um D- did the pit ever actually heal anyone? They talk about how the pit has healing properties. No, no. Because that's supposedly why they yeah. stay in line with it is because it helps them sometimes. Like when someone gets sick or whatever, they can like bathe in this pit and it heals them. And uh, 
I kind of wonder if that was deliberately done that they never showed us that maybe these people have faith that the the pit will do something for right, them, but it, it never really, yeah, yeah, it never really quite does that. It just, it basically just threatens them. That's how it, you know, keeps them in line. Yeah. Um, th- I thought it was a great sequence where, you know, Ada has evaded being sacrificed. Someone is sacrificed in her place. Who, who is the man that she's supposedly going to marry? This poor right, guy gets yeah. gets executed. You know, uh, blood sacrifice to the, the pit. Art, the artist has to find the jug. Can't find it because yeah. Ada stole it. So he has to make another one. And he goes with the first person that pops into his head, sure. and just so happens to be the <laughs> guy that's going to be. She's going to be married off to. Which, I mean, it kind of worked out for her, I guess, because she wasn't really thrilled about being paired off with this guy. Yeah, um, I don't think she was too pleased with it. Yeah, so, but very unfortunate that this this somewhat innocent man, or totally innocent man, gets killed. But uh, there's a great, great sequence where after this has happened and things are kind of returning to normal a little bit, uh, Ada's brother gets sick. He's feeling bad, and he goes to his dad and says, Hey, can I, like, I'm feeling terrible. Can I go to this pit? and get healed is that like an option and the dad's like yeah of course i'll take you and ada is like oh shit like like i don't know if he should do this or not yeah. but she can't quite articulate it and warn them because she's worried about herself and sure enough uh her brother strips down naked gets into the pit and it eviscerates him I yeah mean, it basically just, yeah it it it, it <laughs> envelops him and uh, you know he's just a puddle when, when it's done i mean there's nothing left of him which is a great way to show us that yeah the pit means business um and the, yeah it shows that they're not just some crazy right you know there's legitimacy to what they're talking about but then it also tips off the parents or the community that something's not right right that, yeah. uh, the sacrifice that they made was for nothing probably um, and that leads down a whole nother rabbit hole of um investigation and revelations yeah. and whatnot um yeah. we we implied already ada was is pregnant with uh her brother's seed yep <laughs> <laughs> that she is and um yeah that's uh, i guess that's where a lot of it comes from is her hiding that fact well then and hiding the fact that she doesn't want to be sacrificed for this i pit, think that's a pretty but, big yeah she claims at certain points she's like i i, I have a baby and yeah. I, you know that's part of it but i mean she's it's human like, also, she's i don't want to be fucking sacrificed. yeah i don't want to be sacrificed to a, a hole in the ground i'd say another thing i we didn't mention this and one of the things i was frustrated with about this movie and to be fair it's probably just a lack of budget they have robert kurtzman uh, involved with the effects in this movie, and there's basically no effects in it. Uh, that that's I, a great point. I didn't even think about that. I, I, when I saw his name, I was like, "Oh man, that's great. We're gonna have some inter- maybe some interesting deaths or whatnot, you know." And then there's really nothing that I, I don't know what he did on this movie. Yeah, maybe he was like, "Yeah, I'll show up for a day and a half." Yeah, and I'll, and I'll bring I'll bring some fake blood right. for you because that's basically yeah. all that all we really see. Every every death is. Except for the two uh, sacrifices to the pit, we don't really see the other deaths. They're kind of like obscured in those scenes where she's having those visions. Mm-hmm. And um, so you don't really, can't really tell what's happening exactly. It's all flash cuts and it's like mirrored by other images. Uh, so it's hard to tell. Yeah. So I don't, yeah. I think he, I'm not sure what exactly he did on the movie <laughs> as far as <laughs> effects go, other than like the two throat slashes and that's about it Mm. i mean and this is 
my common complaint about a low budget movie is I think this would have been fine as a short subject. I mean, if this is this yeah, if this was thirty minutes, I think it would it could have been a pretty tight uh, chapter in an anthology movie mm-hmm. or a one off episode of something like Creep Show even. Um, but they, they kind of have to drag out a lot. Like I, I feel like. Uh, you know, like once the novelty of like, oh, the, the jugs are the things that manifest the sacrifice yeah. and oh, it's a hole in the ground. That's what they're worshiping crazy. Uh, once once you get past those things, it's kind of like it's spinning its wheels a little bit. It's kind of right. like there's more to it. We swear, but there's not really that much more yeah. to it, you yeah. know. But again, the performances kind of carry a lot of weight and, you know. Uh, definitely because I, I, w- I wouldn't really bored or anything during the yeah. movie like it, it carried me all the way through but i thought it was all interest- interesting but yeah i do get what you're saying like there's a point where it's just like okay they just keep going through the same rigmarole of oh we got to sacrifice somebody yeah. who we're gonna sacrifice oh here's the jug you know right type of thing so I, I will say, like, the, the jugs looked cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they it looked was, authentic, I mean, like, you know, art and re- everything. Really taken, like, it was interesting uh, as far as, like, all that, the whole mythology behind uh, mm-hmm. this society with, like, having the jugs and someone, you know, you have a artist who has to make make all the different jugs. Gonna... But, yeah, like, I, I, I totally agree that the mythology and everything is well done and not over explained. And I like the mystery. And honestly, when we were talking about it, I kind of liked that we couldn't pin down the era. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, again, I felt like it was modern, but you're right that it could have really been 1993 or something. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of out of time a little bit. It, it does have cool. that kind of span of time where it has to be in, but yeah, you know, it, it does, it doesn't really pin, you can't pinpoint it down as far as when exactly. And, I have to say, as far as being authentically Southern, um, I, I really appreciated that no one was talking in cliches. You know, no one had like an over-exaggerated accent. Yeah. Um, you know, Sean Young, it was a little jarring to see her play Southern for right. me a couple of moments, but I still thought she did it well. Um, I think it's only just because I knew who she was that it kind of threw me at, at first. Yeah, because it never really is. I had the same thing where at first I was like, ah, oh, that's. That accent's kind of yeah. a lot, but you, she, I don't know if I just kind of grew into it or if she kind of started, I don't know what, what yeah. the filming was. Maybe it was just like for me, I've known her from other movies in the mm-hmm. past. So nobody else bothered me because they were, apart from uh, Larry Fessenden, but nobody else really, their accents or anything didn't bother me. I kind of just took it all in because I had not really seen them in anything. Mm. So I think, yeah, I think that's just one of those things. Sean Young is a good actor. Oh actress, yeah, so yeah, definitely. I think I think yeah, it's just something she had to kind of, we kind of had to get into and get used to. Yeah, it's kind of on us more than her. Well, let's stick the landing here. Do you do you recommend Jugface? And what would you grade it? I'm gonna say yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was really good. I thought it was interesting. It had a lot of allegory towards like religion and things like that. And even if even if you don't want to read into the, you know the under the surface stuff on top of it. It's just this interesting story about a kind of unique angle to take on a cult society where the cult stuff actually has some legitimacy to it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. I would, I definitely recommend to someone. Well, and and what what would you grade it? Oh, uh, I'm going to give it a C. Okay. Cause 
like overall, while while I like the movie, the 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 faults it does have see through bleed through pretty strongly. Yeah. So, um, without those in there, I'd give it much higher. But yeah, and I think part of it's because I did like so much more of the movie. Like we were saying, those those uh, flaws are pretty abrasive. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm totally on the same page with you on this one, uh, and I would totally give it a C as well. I think I think it's like a totally acceptable horror movie with some Southern elements. And honestly, for me, I think the Southern stuff kind of uh, upgraded it a little. Like, yeah. I think if this had been set a little bit more out of time and say it was like, you know, 1890s New England or something, I would be even less interested in it. I think the Southern flavor kind of augments it a little and kind of elevates it. Yeah. I, I think they did a great job with the, the Southern elements. So soft recommendation. <laughs> A C from C. the Holler Kings. Hey, that's, that's, we're two for two on uh, grading the last two. Yeah. 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 Without bringing up Tennessee Gothic, which I threw well, under I'm the bus. Well, I'm talking about with Jug with Face <laughs> and Deliverance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We, we graded those both the same for yeah. sure. Yeah. So. Well, there you have it. The pit. I wasn't in the pit. You were in the pit. Y'all were in it the pit. The pit. I was in it the pit. You were in it the pit. And now comes a segment in the podcast called Questions for Adam. About to get deep in, Adam. Ooh. <laughs> Adam. Yes, Craig. Who's your favorite author? My favorite author. Yes. Adam, we know you are a cinephile. Are uh, you also a bibliophile? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I try to be. No. Oh. I don't read as much as I would like. I have, I don't know. It's, I swear it's got to be some sort of condition. Every time I start reading, I just want to fall asleep. I'm a slow reader. That's my problem. Yeah. I, I love reading, but it takes me a long time to get through a book. Um, me too. Yeah. Especially when I, I live with Kia and she's a huge reader and she can burn through a book, you know, at a, at a nice pace. And it yeah. almost like uh, takes the vigor out of me sometimes <laughs> when I see her flying through books and I'm like still struggling with one. It's kind of like, ugh, what am I? Why, why am I? I should just watch TV. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine. This book. <laughs> um, I do. I do like reading, but I don't do it near as much as... Mm-hmm. I would like to. Uh, I don't. I'd say not now, but as someone that really made my childhood for me, I'd go like uh, R.L. Stein because really? I used to, I grew up reading the Goosebump books, nice. and that that was my horror before I got into the movies. So stuff like that and shorts with scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm-hmm. I mean, though that type of stuff, like very much so. Um, as far as like an adult, I, I don't have, I read so many just like different sort of, I, if I had to go with like one specific author who's, so probably maybe like Clive Barker. Nice. Know? Yeah. I like Clive, Clive Barker a lot. Yeah. yeah. He's got some really great stuff and, uh, really, really vivid, interesting detail of how he lays everything out and got some fucked up stories <laughs> yeah without a doubt so uh <laughs> yeah i'd probably go with him i still remember first time reading hellbound heart 
um, so much different than the movie. Mm. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with him. Adam. Yes. How long would you last in a zombie outbreak? Um, my fantasy answer or my realistic G- answer? Give us both. Because my fantasy answer, oh, I'd, I'd last through the whole fucking thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> realistic answer, I'd probably get winded within 30 seconds and be down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think I would try to play hero and get killed horribly. Yeah, you know what same, I mean? same. I, I would be like, I can jump from that car to that car or whatever, and that yeah. would just fall. And... You know how many times I've seen Dawn of the Dead? I got this. <laughs> and then, no, mm. I'm out. I'm one of the zombies roaming the mall, for sure. What fictional world would you most want to live in? Fictional world. You can think of, like, sitcoms, movies, books. That's a lot of comic fictional books. world. It has to be... So, like, an actual fictional world. Yeah, yeah. It can't be, like, this world, but... No. This has to be No, this fictional. is like you jump into a world, okay. and uh, it's kind of up to you if you want to be a background player or one of the main characters, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you know, I'm trying... See, I'm trying to think of a fictional world that would just be really nice and relaxing where I didn't have to do anything, <laughs> but I, I can't think of one specific. I'm trying to think of an interesting world, then. I don't know if I'd want to live there, but do you remember the movie Little Monsters? With uh, Howie Mandel yeah, and Fred yeah. Savage? Yeah. I used to be fascinated by that little yeah, world yeah. they live in when I was younger. That'd be interesting <laughs> to visit. I don't know if I'd want to live there, uh-huh. though. Uh, That's a pretty good answer. Little Monsters. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible answer. It's funny because I think a lot of people's first impulse would be like, oh, I'm going to be like, you know, in the Marvel Universe or something. But it's like, if you think about it, if you're a superhero, you're constantly under attack and fighting and yeah. your family and friends are at, in peril. If you're a regular person in that world, then it's just horrible because your house is getting destroyed by the Hulk. And, you know what right. I mean? Yeah, unless you're one of the ones at the top. It, mm. It's kind of like, I don't know if you watched uh, any of the Marvel Netflix series. Oh, uh, right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Jessica Jones and all that. Yeah, yeah, it kind of goes into it, yeah. some of that, like, the impact of what all that does for regular people. Sure. So, yeah, that that wouldn't be too <laughs> that wouldn't be too great. I don't think to live in that world. I just want a world where I can just like sit back and chill, and not Wait, have to do anything. You know, the one I think I would pick What's just that? off the top of my head is we're well, not top of my head. I thought about it a little bit. <laughs> um, Parks and Rec. I think that would be a nice. It's like pretty close to the reality, but it's like a heightened. Yeah feel good reality and yeah. i think i could handle that especially if i got to work in that work environment which right. seems really fun and if i could have ron swanson as my boss oh hell yeah. yeah that'd be yeah. great <laughs> <laughs> i would love that i'd like to give a really cool answer like some like survivalist answer like live off the grid type stuff oh, gosh. like but no that wouldn't be me i'd want to just like <laughs> sit and chill where where's what's a living like the world of beverly hills 90210 or something that's pretty good so. Although some dramatic things can happen to you. That's, hey, do I have all that money still? Let the, bring on the drama. <laughs> there you go. That's interesting. Save, or no, I almost said Saved by the Bell. Oh, but, uh, hey. That's a pretty good one. I There's mean, low you, stakes there. Yeah, just, if, if you could be Zach Morris, you're yeah. good. That also means you'd be youthful forever, I guess. Yeah. You would and just kind of, you And know. you can freeze time. Oh, yeah. Because apparently he could do that yeah. as and a normal talk to kid. the fourth wall. Yeah. yeah. But the cell phones are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> if you could be an expert at any musical instrument, which one would it be? Drums. Really? Yes. How come? I, I've always loved the drums, but I have 
like zero rhythm. Mm-hmm. But I love the drum. I've always been fascinated. I've always been interested in drums. Uh, they're always the coolest person in the band to me. Really? Yeah. yeah. So definitely drums. Very cool. What kind of band would you want to be in? Um, maybe something, I don't know, maybe some, to be, have it some fun with drumming, something like heavy, like some sort of metal, like be a drummer in Slipknot or something. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you would pick like uh Phil Collins era Genesis, <laughs> where you're like up front. Yeah, mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I, I could totally see that. Like something really heavy where you're like, yeah, just essential. Beat the shit yeah. out of those drums. Yeah. We, we don't know what, what's next. We, we haven't picked out our next movie, yeah, so it's up in the air. Uh, yeah, we have no clue. Yeah. As always, you can slip into our DMs and uh, our email. We are both uh, active on social media. What's, what's your... Uh, you're on Instagram now, Adam. Yes. Tell us your Instagram uh, handle. <laughs> Hollering about horror. <laughs> so, so you can find me on there yeah. and tell me what movie we should watch next and yeah. how much I suck. Oh, <laughs> no. No one's going to do that. <laughs> But yeah, any suggestions, we're definitely open, and like we've said on previous episodes, we're open to indie movies. If you're a filmmaker and you want to be on the chopping block, yeah. serve it up. You want to be reviewed by these two ruthless sons of bitches. <laughs> Who resent the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, holler at your boys. <laughs> we love y'all. Thanks for listening. You think I'm psycho, don't you, mama? Mama, mama, why don't you get up? Say something to me, mama. Mama, why don't you get up?